Welcome everyone. We are continuing our study of Simha. We are class number 13. This class has been generously sponsored in memory of Ezra Shrem, Allah Shalom, Ezra Ben Rivka by the Shrem family. Ruach Hashem, Amen. Last week we left off discussing the mitzvah of Ahavat Hesed. Today we're going to go into depth to try to understand what it means to love Hesed. First of all, this word Ahavat Hesed comes from a Pasuk. The Pasuk in Micha says, as we mentioned last week, he says, Higid lecha Adam Matov. Just let me tell you, Matov, what's good? Uma Adonai Doresh Mimecha. What does Hashem want from you? So he starts listening and he says, Hashem wants this from you. Ki im asot mishpat. You should do what's just. Ve'ahavat hesed. And you should love hesed. Now in truth, these two words, ahavat hesed, we're very familiar with them. But when you think about those two words, you realize that we don't really have in the Torah a mitzvah to love, a specific mitzvah. For example, they don't have, there's no mitzvah to love Shabbat. There's a mitzvah to keep Shabbat. There's a mitzvah to eat matzah. But there is no mitzvah to love matzah. We have to keep mitzvot with love. That's true. But the love is not for the mitzvah. The love is for the one who commanded the mitzvah. So when Hashem tells me, I want you to keep Shabbat, my answer is, of course, with love. After all that you do for me, anything I can do for you is my pleasure. Be'ahava. Just like my mother would ask me. I would say, Be'ahava, with love, of course. So of course there's an element of love in all the mitzvot. But the love is for the one who commanded them. So I love doing what Hashem said and I keep Shabbat. But do I have to love the Shabbat itself? It's not a requirement. Do I have to love Sisit? 
tefillin, matzah, not a requirement. But here, when it comes to hesed, there seems to be an additional love that besides that I need to help or do for others because Hashem told me, Hashem says, I want you to help your brother. I want you to give your friend. And I would say, Hashem, with love. Of course, I'll do anything for you. Whatever you want me to do. You want me to help him? I'm going to help him. It seems that that's not enough. It's not enough to do it because you love to do what Hashem told you. Even though you need to do it because Hashem told you. Ahavat chesed means you have to love the chesed. And if you're missing the love of the chesed, so there's something missing in your action. There's something missing in who you are. But wait, but I do chesed all the time. And I do it with love. Meaning, I do it because Hashem told me. I'm excited to help because Hashem told me. And we say, but wait, you're missing something. You're missing ahavat chesed. You don't love the chesed. Let me give you an example of what's the difference between loving what Hashem said or loving the item. Imagine a person who never kept Shabbat. And then finally, at some point in their life, they got inspired and they realized, you know something? Hashem said to keep Shabbat. That's what I have to do. No questions asked. Oh, but it's going to be hard for me. It doesn't matter. But I like to do this. I like to be in, it doesn't matter. Hashem says Shabbat, Shabbat is Shabbat. So the person says, you know what? That's it, I'm committed. I'm keeping Shabbat. I don't care how hard it's gonna be. I need to do it. I can't be a Jew, Shomer Shabbat. I have to be, I have to keep Shabbat. And they start in the first week, it may be difficult and it's challenging. And six months later or a year later, or maybe even earlier, you ask the person, so tell me, how is the Shabbat? Oh, forget about it. I love the Shabbat. I love it. I don't know how I used to live without Shabbat. I can't wait for Shabbat. I wait for Shabbat from Mutzah Shabbat. I love it. The first time you kept Shabbat, you loved to do what Hashem said. But at some point, you started to love the Shabbat. And I'm sure many, 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 many Shomer Shabbat can say that they love Shabbat. But it's not a requirement. It's a nice thing. It's probably going to happen with every mitzvah that we do. That at some point we'll love it. But it's not something that Hashem has actually commanded us. But when it comes to Hasan, it's part and parcel of what we do, of who we are. It's not about doing the chesed, even though you're doing it with love for Hashem. You have to love the chesed. You have to love the actual act, the giving, the caring. You have to love that. And if you think about it in that way, this becomes a big challenge. How do you get to love it? I can sit here and tell you, I love to do Ratzon Hashem. I say every day in Shema, 
Love what Hashem tells you. When you say love Hashem, it means to love Ritzon Hashem. To love what Hashem wants. I could see myself doing that. If I really had Hakaratatov, I can get to that level. But to love the Hasid itself, how do I do that? How does that happen? I didn't see anyone specifically ask this question. I'm sure it's been asked. I just couldn't find it. I looked. I'm going to share with you some of these are my own feelings. It's based on what the Hafez Hayim wrote in the beginning of his book, Ahabat Hasid. The Hafez Hayim says he wants to know how come people are weak in Ahabat Hasid. I don't know if he means if they're weak in Hasid altogether or specifically the point I'm telling you, the Ahabat Hasid. He gives two answers, two reasons. The first one I'm not going to go through today, that's for a future class. The second reason he says, Shanit, is you know why people don't love Hasid? She'enam yoda'im et godel mahuta. We don't appreciate enough the greatness of what this thing Hasid does for us. Kamahi po'elet betaatsumot oza means how nuclear, how powerful Hasid is. Al ha'adam, how much it's doing for me, the one who's doing it. Umahazika, and the one who holds on to it. Lehetiv emo bechol enyanav. How much Hasid is doing good for you? Ben bime hayav ba'olam whether it's in this world, ben la'olam haba. What the Hafez Hayim seems to be saying is that if you want to love Hasid, the Hasid itself, it's like asking someone, do you love food? Do you love to eat? I see you eating, you look like you're enjoying it. How come you love it? I love it, I just enjoy it. Because it's doing a lot for me, I'm hungry. I don't feel so good when I'm hungry. I'm also like starving for something good that tastes good. So of course I love it. You know what it's doing for me? Ahabat Hesed is going to come from doing something that you realize how much it's doing for you. When you realize how much Hesed is helping you. To give someone because Hashem said to help them, you have to love Hashem. <coughs> to do chesed and to love it, you have to realize how much it's doing for you. And that requires a little bit of opening our minds and to realize what does chesed do for me besides doing the will of Hashem. Besides that, what does Hesed do for me? What am I getting out of it? It's important to go through some of the benefits. Some of them may be obvious, 
some of them you may have heard, maybe those that you haven't, but regardless, you have to listen to it now with a new ear. Because we've heard a lot of things about Hesed. Probably there's nothing I could tell you new that you haven't heard. But sometimes when you hear it in a certain pattern, in a certain foundation, and you build, you realize this is a whole new item. I never understood it that way. Says Shalomo Amelech, Behesed u ve'emet, excuse me, Behesed ve'emet yechupar avon. Which means, with kindness, with emet, the Gemara says, emet means limut Torah, behesed ve'emet yechupar avon. You will have kaparat avonot, erasing of our sins. Gemara says, actually, it's a Avot der Binatan, brings a story. Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakkai was once leaving Yerushalayim and Rabbi Yoshua was behind him. And they noticed that Beta Megdash was destroyed. So Rabbi Yoshua commented when he saw the Beta Megdash in its destruction. And he says like this, Oy Lanu, he says, woe to us, what a loss, what a loss. Alzeh shehu harev, that this place is destroyed. Makom shemechaperim bo avonotehem shel Yisrael. This is the building where the sins of the Jewish people get erased, they get knocked out. Amarle, Rabbi Yohan told him, Beni, my dear son, Rabbi Yoshua, Al Yeralecha, don't feel so bad. Yesh lanu kapara ahat, shehi kemota. We have kapara like the Beta Megdash. Ve'ezo zo, ze gemilut hazanin. So Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakai tells Rabbi Yoshua, you're crying over the Beta Megdash because it's the place where we erased our sins? Don't worry. You have Hesed. Now, this may not be so exciting for anybody here listening. Okay, big deal. Another Kabbalah. We have to know something about Kabbalah Avonah. The holiest day of the year is Yom Kippur. What happens on Yom Kippur? It's a day of kaparat avonot. Hazal tell us, lo hayu yamim tovim le'Yisrael. There isn't on the Jewish calendar a day of yamim tovim, days of simcha, like Tu Be'av and Yom Kippur. The Gemara says Yom Kippur. It's a happy day, but it's very surprising to most people. What happiness on Yom Kippur. Not Sukkot, not Pesach, not Shavuot, not Purim. The happiest day 
on the Jewish calendar, Kippur. Says the Gemara, Kippur, you know why? Mishum de'it be'seliha u'mehila. Because on Yom Kippur, our stains, that's what we call Averot. They're called stains on our Neshama. Are wiped out, hopefully, with a proper Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur has the ability to wash out all the stains on our soul. And if you say, but I don't feel those stains. Well, what stains? What are you talking about? How can I be excited about stains that I don't even see? The answer is we all do feel those stains. Because any moment in life of sadness, unhappiness, comes from Averot. It's the biggest subject that I am able to get into right now. You might say, no, no, what do you mean? I'm not unhappy because of Averot, it's not true. I'm unhappy because I need this and it's not coming. I'm unhappy because I'm missing that. I'm unhappy because I, this happened to me. Or, wrong. That may be what brought the unhappiness of the Averot out. But ultimately, for every tell me, for everything you tell me I'm unhappy for, I can show up that person doesn't have what you were waiting for, and they're happy. So that's not the cause. Oh, that person had the same problem. They're happy. That's not the cause. Any cause that you can give me for why you're unhappy, I can show you a hundred people that don't have what you need, and they're happy. Because happiness comes from the neshama. Happiness doesn't come from the physical body. My fingers don't become happy. My hair is not a happy place. The eyes don't ha have happiness. Happiness comes from the neshama. And when the neshama has all stains on it, which we call them averot, the neshama doesn't have the ability to bring out its simha. So comes Yom Kippur, that awesome day once a year, and Hashem said, this day, I'm going to come and cleanse you. And that's why there isn't a happier day on the Jewish calendar than Kippur. Because how could anything be happier than taking all the stains off of the neshama that produces simha? Perhaps, and this is my own explanation, perhaps this is what the Rambam meant. In Hilchot Yom Purim, the Rambam writes something interesting. As we know, there are mitzvot unique to Purim. There's the mitzvah of Se'odat Purim. There's the mitzvah of Matanot La'evyonim, giving money to those who are needy. Mishlalah Manot, to give out to people, to friends. <coughs> says the Rambam, after going through the halachot, he says that if a person needs to choose which one of these mitzvot to invest in more than the other, Says the Rambam, mutavla adam, it's better for a person. Now again, this is not hilchot tzedakah. He's talking here hilchot purim. He says, better for a person on purim to give out money, matanot la'evyonim, better, mil leharbot bis'udato, 
than to have a more lavish meal. Better you help more anim in a better way than to have a lavish meal. Cut down on your meal, have a more simple meal, but really help people. But isn't this Purim a day of Simha? Isn't this the day that we're supposed to be bringing happiness to ourselves? Isn't that the theme of the day? So why are you telling me, Rambam, that I should give more to others than I should give myself? Says the Rambam, I'll tell you why. So I would have thought if the Rambam stopped right there, because I, I guess it's more important to help people than to help yourself. Says I'm not. She'en simha gedola umefo'ara ela lesameach lev anim. I know Purim is a day of simha. I didn't forget that I'm writing about Purim. But I'm telling you to help those people before you make a lavish meal. Why? Because it's simha that you're looking for, isn't it? Oh, yes. So there isn't a greater simha, a more grand simha that you're going to feel than when you give others and you help them. So says the Rambam, of course I want you to be sameach today. And this is the way you're going to do it. You're going to be more sameach by giving of yourself to somebody else than feeding yourself. That's what Rambam says. What I'm adding is maybe, why is it that way? But maybe it's based on the Pasuk that Shlomo Melech says. Because Hesed is Kaparat Avonot. And when you have less Avonot, you have more Simha. Says the Rambam, I can help you have more Simha. When you give yourself to others, you do true hasad with others, you're going to be more happy. Why? Perhaps, Yechupar Avon. Because Gemilut Hasadim, done in the way it's supposed to be done, which is a big if, like we've been learning, it's not so simple. But if we do hasad right, we do Ahavat Hasad, we're going through Yom Kippur without fasting. We're getting the greatest simha and purim without eating. That's the power of hesed. It literally cleanses the person and brings the person simha. Perhaps that's why we feel so good when we help others. All of us have had that feeling when we gave somebody, when we helped somebody. Perhaps it's that tingling of the nishama saying, wow, thank you, a little cleaner today. In the yeshiva of the Chafetz Chaim, there was a Bahor in the yeshiva, one of the top young men in the yeshiva, that was asked by the Chafetz Chaim to help out in some Gimilut Hasadim project. And there was a little resistance, because rightfully so, the boy wanted to learn. And he's growing in his learning. He's, I'm going to give time to help now this hesed item, I, I'm not going to be able to grow as much in my learning, which of course is a huge consideration. But I guess the Havetz Hayim felt that he was the only one who could do it in the way that it could be done. And therefore, he felt he needed to do it. 
של החפץ חיים דבור מגמרא. תזמין את זה גמרא. מסכת ראש השנה. הגמרא says that there was a curse on the family of עלי. עלי הכהן. It says that Hashem made a shivuah. He made a shivuah to the family of עלי הכהן that they will die young. Pasuk says, Hashem says, Nishbati lebet Ali im yit kaper avon bet Ali. It's not going to get erased. Not bezevah, not with korbanot, not beminha, not with gifts. Sealed. Says the Gemara, but in this Pasuk, there's already a hint. When Hashem says, it's not going to get erased with korbanot or with gifts, that means there must be a way you can be erased. Otherwise, just say, you can't be erased. And the hint is, True. They can't live a longer life with korbanot. But, Torah and gemilut hasadim. Actually, it's a mahlok. Rabbah says, with Torah. If you have Torah, they learn Torah, they can live long. Abaye said, no. Abaye said, Torah and Gemilut Hasadim. Torah alone, not enough to prolong their life. The Gemara says that Abaye and Rabbah actually were both from Bet Eli. They were discussing not just the halacha, it was halacha lemaaseh for them. They were from the family of Eli. Till today we have people who are from Aliyah Gohan. What happened to them? Says the Gemara, they both learned Torah. Rabbah, the Asik Bat Torah. Rabbah was a great sage, one of the greatest in our history. Haya Arba'in Shanin. He lived 40 years. Amazing 40 years, by the way, because there isn't a page of Gemara that you won't find his name. Abaye, his partner, usually they used to argue, Abaye and Rabah. Gemara says, he got busy not just in Torah, but also in Hasid. Haya Shitin Shanin. He lived 60 years. Because of the Hasid. The Hafez Haim told this young man, Don't worry, you think you're going to lose time because you're doing Hasid? You're going to lose time from your learning? No, no. You're going to learn more because Hashem will give you longer life. So Hasid not only cleanses us of our Avonot, which makes us more Samaya, Hasid also makes our life longer. And I assume longer means not just in time, but in ability. Sometimes you can live a long life, lo'alenu, and have no strength to do anything. That's not, that's not really what we're looking for. Abaye lived a long life that he was able to do, a life of accomplishment. Something else very important about Hesed, and for this we have to study a Pasuk in Tehillim. We studied this pasuk a long time ago. It's good to review. 
Says David Amelech, Tzadik Katamar Ifrah Ke'erez Balebanon Yizkeh. A great man, a righteous man, I assume a righteous woman as well. Tzadik Katamar Ifrah. We can compare him, says the Pasuk in Tehilim, we can compare a great person to a date tree. We can also compare him to the cedar trees in Lebanon. Very tall trees. So if someone were to ask you, so tell me, what could we compare a great person to? Based on this pasuk, we compare him to trees. I guess because trees grow, trees produce, Question is, why does David Melech choose two trees? Why does he have to tell us, oh, he's like the date tree, and also he's like the cedar tree? We get the point. There's also the apple tree, there's also the cherry tree, there's all trees. Why does he have to name two specific trees? Isn't one enough? And why these two out of all the trees? He chose the tamar and the Erez. And we explained then that these trees are quite different from each other. The date tree is not very tall. The reason why it's not very tall is because it uses a lot of its energy to produce dates. You look at a date tree, it has probably thousands of dates. Since it produces these dates, it's not able to grow very tall. A cedar tree, on the other hand, grows very tall, but doesn't have to produce any fruits because all of its energy is being saved for itself. So the tree just gets taller and taller. Now imagine a human was in that tree. Imagine a human was sitting in a palm tree and he's watching a cedar tree. Here he is all year, working, sweating, to produce dates. It came at a cost, because now he's not so tall. Can't, can't notice even the day tree. And he's producing, and he's working, and he's working on these dates. And then, after all is said and done, comes the spring, or whenever the dates come out, And all of a sudden, comes one man with all his baskets, and he cuts all the dates, puts them in his basket, and doesn't even say thank you to the tree. If there was a man sitting in that tree, 
especially if he's staring at the cedar tree, who from last season till this season got Tola. He didn't get Tola. He works so hard to be able to do, to make, and then someone came and took it all. Probably the person would be a little bit upset. All of my work, all of my investment, what do I have to show for it? Nothing. Everything I worked for, someone else took. And I am short as a result. I wish I was a cedar tree. Look at that cedar tree. Just grows himself, just keeps going higher. That's the story of the trees. And in truth, in life, we too feel that way. Hashem created us la'asot, asher bara Elohim, la'asot. We're here to do things. Many people sometimes are proud of their life by saying things like, you know, I never cheated, I never stole, I never lied, never hurt people. But in reality, although it's nice not to do all those things, and it's proper, and it's the only way to achieve, but that's not enough. Don't tell me what you didn't do. Tell me what you did. Asher bara Elohim la'asot. What have you accomplished? What have you built? What have you done? Problem is, in life, when we start la'asot, we're going to face some challenges along the way. In any area, take a person whose la'asot is to make money. They just want to make a lot of money. I'm not saying that should be the la'asot, but that's what the person decided. He wants to make a lot of, let's say he wants to make a lot of money for all good reasons. La'asot, he wants to become a billionaire. That's what he wants. His life dream, his life mission. He'll do anything to become the billionaire. And he starts working, and it's not going to come easy. You have to work very hard. You got to start traveling. You got to be awake very long time. You got to sweat. You got to stay up nights. And he's doing it. And he's working, 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 day and night, because he has a goal. La asot. He needs to get to the billion dollars. And finally, it starts to come in. The first. 100,000, the first million, another 10 million, I see is the bank account is growing. It's getting there. He's getting closer and closer to his goal. It's nice. All of a sudden, someone knocks on his door. He says, listen, I, want to I, need, I need you. You need for what? You gotta get money. People need your money. Please, can you give me a million dollars? Million dollars? Guys, thinking one second. La Asot, I have a mission. I need to make a lot of money. If I give this guy a million dollars, so that I'm down, when it took me how long it took me to make 10 million? It took me maybe 15 years to make 10 million. It took me 20 years to make 10 million. That means I have to, that means I worked for four years for this guy. If I do that, 
that I gotta, how, how am I gonna get to my goal if I keep giving out my money? Doesn't make sense. I can't reach la'asot. I can't reach my goal if I keep giving out my money. That's the hashbon. That's the day tree. You give of your money, like the day tree, you're gonna end up short. Keep your money, like the cedar tree, you go up. That's three things. Makes sense, who can argue with that? Not only in money, in anything. Person whose life mission, la'asot, is to learn kola Torah I need to know the entire Torah. Anything, I need to know, I need to know Tanakh, I need to know Gemarot, I need to know Shohan Aruch, I need to know Zohar, I gotta know everything, I gotta know it all. And he's spending his life, day and night, learning, learning, grasping, he's finishing Masechtot, he's learning everything there is to learn. It's exciting, it's getting closer. All of a sudden, someone knocks on his door. Maybe it's his brother, maybe it's his cousin. Maybe the neighbor says, you mind learning with me a little bit? Maybe once or twice a week. Learning with you, of course, what, what do you know? No, not much. So what am I learning with you? Oh, maybe we'll learn like a parasha, learn a few mishnayot, like, you know. Guys, think one second. I'm gonna waste my time to learn with this guy parasha, mishnayot. I'm involved in the deepest learning. That I need. To, I need to finish all these books. I'm gonna go now. Spend a few hours a week learning with this guy Mishnayot. How am I gonna get to Laasot? How am I getting to my goal if I'm gonna give of myself to this person? Look at the cedar tree. Ah, don't teach anybody. Just keep growing yourself. That's the way to do it. It could be in money. It could be in Torah, it could be in effort. It could be a, a woman, for example, who's giving her children so much attention, raising her children, and that could be exhausting, as you all know. It's hard. I'm giving so much energy to my children. And all of a sudden, someone knocks on my door and says, could you help out in this project? Could you open your home to this event? Could you, and it's something worthy, and you wanna do it, and you say, you know what? I don't have enough energy to do this and that. It's too hard. If I'm gonna open my house, how am I taking my children? If I get involved in other people's children, how am I gonna take care of mine? And there is truth to that. And one has to be smart. Sometimes you really can't. But there's sometimes that you really could. But it's just pushing a little more. And very often, we look at that cedar tree and we say, I just got to keep it here. I got to keep it here. Because I got to grow tall. La'asot, I have goals. I have goals for my money, for my Torah, for my children, on and on. Says David Amnalach, that you're making a big mistake to compare yourself to a tree. The story of the trees in the world are, if you give, you're gonna be short. If you don't give, you're gonna be tall. That's the story of the trees. But we're not trees. We're different kinds of trees. We're human trees. Says David Amelach, it's exactly opposite. Tzaddik katamar yifrah. The great person is the person 
who's making dates for others to eat. He keeps working and working and sweating to give other people to eat. But what's unique about this human tree is, unlike the date tree that stays short, Tzadik katamari yifrach ke'erez ba'levanon It is actually he that grows tall. In human reality, actually, the more you give, the taller you become. That's a reality, not taller in the next world. I'm not talking like taller you'll be, Hashem will reward you. That too, of course. Taller means in the thing that you're looking to get. You want money? You want to be tall in money? You better start giving it out. You want to be tall in Torah? You better share it. You want more energy? You better give it to others. You'll become like an Erez. You'll produce fruits and grow simultaneously. That's the way it works. It's sometimes hard to imagine if I was talking to you and you never experienced life. If you were from Mars right now, listening to what I'm saying, you'd say, wow, this man is making some promises. Whoa. What's he saying? That seems to be against logic. But anybody who's lived this reality in this world knows that this is a fact. Of course, you have to be a giver to experience this fact. The facts are that the more you give, the more you're able to get for yourself. It's a reality. That's why when Hashem calls the Jewish people, first campaign, first campaign of charity in the history of Am Yisrael was when they collected money for the Mishkan. So it says, Hashem told Moshe, go talk to them. Ve'yikhuli teruma. Ve'yikhuli means, and they should take from me teruma. Our rabbis ask, ve'yikhuli, is that the right word in Hebrew? How do you give teruma? Ve'yitnuli, ve'yikhuli. Ve'yikhuli means I take. Ve'yitnu means I give. They were being asked to give, not to take. So what does it mean? Ve'yikhuli teruma. The answer is, is that when you give, you're actually taking more than you're giving. You're not even realizing that you're taking. That's what the Midrash says. Yoter mima sheba'ala bayit oseh imani ha'ani oseh imba'ala bayit. We mentioned this before. That a person who's giving ha'ani is getting more from the Ani than the Ani is getting from him. Although on the surface it doesn't seem that way. But it is. The Ani is getting a dollar from you. He would have gotten it from somebody else. Hashem has a hashbon. He's going to get it. But you got things that you would never have gotten. You're getting kaparat avonot. You're getting arichut yamim. You're getting taller. You're getting closer to your goal. You're becoming wealthier when you're giving money. You're getting a lot more than him. The Pasuk says in the Barim, Aser te Aser, which means you have to give 10% of what 
of your produce. Hazal say, there's a hint. Why say it twice? Aser te aser. Give a tenth, give a tenth. No, aser, Hazal say, bishvil shetit asher. The word, same word, aser means to give a tenth. Osher, same word. Aser, you, you, want, you want more money? Give 10% of your earnings at a minimum. 10%. Set aside that money. It's not yours. Give it to people who need it. It's not so easy to do that. You work 12 months a year and you give 10%. I know many people give 20%. Now think, 20% of my earnings. That means I'm working close to three months a year for somebody else. Who do you know that is ready to work three months a year without pay to give other people? It's not so easy to do. Hashem says, no, Aser, make sure you give it. Bishvil shetit Asher, so that you're gonna make, you're gonna be wealthy. You're gonna get more. The Gemara brings that there was a conversation between the son of Resh Lakish and his uncle, Rabbi Yohanan. This boy tells Rabbi Yohanan, is it really so? Isn't there a rule? The rule says, that you now test Hashem. Pasuk says, Lo tenasu et Hashem. You're not allowed to test God. You can't say, oh God, if you're really around, let this pole fall right now. Hashem is not your servant that you can give him whatever you like to make these conditions with him. You cannot test Hashem. That's a rule. So it says Rabbi Yohan, the nephew of Rabbi Yohanantim, isn't there a rule? You're telling the guy, give ma'asir so that Hashem will give you osher. But you're not allowed to test God. Give ma'asir, give ma'asir. But don't say because you're going to become wealthy. Says Rabbi Yohanan, you're right. He says, you're right. In every single instance in life, you cannot test God. He says, except for this one. This one, you could. He brings him a pasuk. The pasuk in Malachi. Hashem says, Bring your ma'asir. Hashem says, and test me with this. I want you to test me. Dare me. Amar Hashem. You will see, I promise you. You test me. You give. I will open up Arubot Hashemayim. I will open up the windows of heaven. To bring you beracha, not just money. Sometimes you get money, there's no beracha in the land. Money itself is not a beracha. Money can be a beracha. Vaharikoti lachem beracha. He says, I will send you such beracha. Ad beli dai. Which means, until you say, enough, I can. I'm tired of making money. <laughs> Maybe someone say that. Enough! Billy die! 
Hanuni is not bizarre. It's a halakha in Shulchan Aruch, by the way. It's a halakha in Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch writes in the Chutz that you're not allowed to test Hashem ever, except for Maaseh. You go ahead and test him. If I didn't see this with my own eyes, I could say almost on a daily basis of people who have extended themselves to give sometimes even more than they can afford. And you can't imagine where the beracha comes from. It doesn't make sense. But it makes sense. Because what Hashem says makes the most sense. That's how it works. You give, Hashem says, I promise, I'm going to give you back. That's what Shlomo Melech meant when he says in Mishle, Yesh Mefazer is a type of person who's spreading himself thin. Mefazer, he's giving out. We would say he's wasting. He's giving out. Yesh Mefazer is a guy who wastes and has he's wasting. Looks like he's giving, but he's actually getting. And there's a guy who seems to be saving. He's saving. He wants to be like the Erez. Wants to be like the cedar tree. He's saving all of what he has. I'm not giving my money out. No way. Never. It's mine. Worked hard for it. Let them work. It's my money. I need to have it. Says Shlomo Melech, Vehosech mi Yosher. If you hold on tight to what's not rightfully yours, Ach lemachsor. You're actually getting smaller. If you be, if you act like a cedar tree, on human standards, you become like a palm tree. You act like a palm tree, you grow tall like a cedar tree. Giving gives us not only money, gives us beracha. Giving gives us energy. Look what, look what Abraham told his guests when he was running after them. He told them, you kahna me'at ma'in. Let us take some water for you. Ve'ekha pat lechem. Let me take bread for you. He's using the word it's the wrong words. He should have told them, Ve'etna, I'm going to give you, let me give you bread, let me give you water. Let me take bread. Let me take bread. It means when I give you bread, then I'm getting bread. When I give you, I'm taking more than you. Who wouldn't love Hassan if they realized that all they're doing is bringing themselves money, Torah, Long life, beracha, simha. Who wouldn't love hesed? So if someone doesn't love hesed, it's obvious because he doesn't understand what hesed is doing for him. He thinks hesed is something that Hashem commanded. He's not realizing that this is all you, it's for you. Again, not even in the next world, in this world. Who wouldn't love to make money? Which person would say, oh, I can't, too much money. Who's saying that? Why? Because you know how much it's, it could do for you. If you understand chesed, no question is ahavat chesed. 
And if you're not on, you don't have ahavat hesed, there's something missing, something lacking in our havana, in our understanding. I'm going to share with you a beautiful hadush that I heard in the name of Steinman, Zechar Tzadik Zorachah, passed away a few years ago. This was a gadol ador. In our time, one of the founders of Bonet Olam, who helps families who are struggling with bringing children to the world, happened to be by him, by the rabbi in Benebra. And they were talking about the difficulties that couples have in this area. And Steinman voiced how the two areas that pain him the most is couples who are having a hard time bringing children and ladies who are having a hard time getting married. The two areas that are very difficult for him, he was saying. So he told this person that he has an idea for him that could solve both problems. He says, really, what is that? So he brought him a pasuk, a story that I think all of us are familiar with, but maybe we didn't fully understand it. We know that Sarai, at the time she was Sarai, she, loyalda, loyalda means she was not zochet to have a child. For whatever reason, Hashem says, no children for you. So the pasuk says, Vatomer Sarai el Abraham, she told her husband, which means Hashem, for whatever reason, has chosen me that I am not going to have a child. So you know what? Go take my maidservant. Maybe. Maybe I will be built up from her. Vaishma Avram Lekol Sarai. And Avram followed her advice. The question that the rabbi asked on this pasuk is how would giving Avraham to her maidservant build Sarah? Ibane means I will be built from this. Maybe you're going to build Avraham. Maybe you'll build Hagar. How are you going to be built? Does it make sense? So the rabbi says that if a person is going to help somebody else bring a child into the world, especially this was a hard one. You know, a woman doesn't have a child. She sees her friend have a child. It's hard. She sees her sister has a child. It's hard. Imagine your own husband is having a child with the maid. It's hard, very hard to do. But if you help someone have a child, you're gonna be built. You're gonna get a child. He told them, get young ladies who need to find their shidduch. Get them to help people struggling to have children. And they'll help them 
to have a child and ibanen. They then will be built that they will need to have a child as well and get married. Started an organization called ibanen. I will be built. How am I going to be built? By helping someone else have a child. I don't have any specifics, but I know in my life I've heard numerous stories where people adopted children then all of a sudden had a child. What does that mean? Yeah, you have a child for years. You adopt a child, you have a child. Ibane. Ibane means it's not just by money, it's not just by not just by effort. You help someone with something, you're building yourself. The next little part, I'm going to give you a warning before you hear it. Because after you hear this, your life will not be the same again. So if you're happy with your life and you don't want to change anything, I'll close my eyes right now, just walk out. And if you're listening, just press stop. Because I'm warning you, after you hear it, you will not be able to ignore it. Sometimes you hear something, you can ignore it. This one, you cannot ignore That's the warning, okay? I warned you. So just. Okay, the old saying, that's fine, it's up to you. There is, again, a parasha we turn to again and again when we talk about chesed, but we seem to learn something every day, something else on it, is the story of Abraham and the three angels. We know the story, we heard it so many times. Abraham is in pain, he's a hundred-year-old man in pain after his surgery. Hashem has rahmanut on him, has compassion on him. He knows that he's going to struggle to help people like he does every day. This man ran an empire of Hazar. Hashem says, let me give him a break today. I'm going to make sure nobody comes out today. How am I going to make sure that that's going to happen? I'm going to make sure it gets so hot that nobody will come out. Okay, home hayom. Torah never usually reports the weather. Here it does because that's part of the whole story. Home hayom was a very hot day. Nobody's out. And Abraham still, he's sitting by the oil. He's waiting to see. Maybe somebody will come. And the Pasuk says that Hashem saw that this man was struggling more for not helping than he was struggling from his surgery. So at this point, he just sent three angels to come and be the recipient of Abraham's kindness. He needed to help somebody. He was in such pain to help people. Hashem said, I'll send him three angels. Three angels that looked like humans. He didn't know they were angels. They looked like they were travelers from a very far place. And we know what he did. He ran after them and whatever happened, happened. Question. Very important question. Why three? How come Hashem sent three angels? Why not one? If a person has one person in his house, it's also called Hesem. Why need three? If it's three, why not ten? Why three? So Hazal tell us that each one of these angels had a mission. One of them came to heal Abraham. 
One of them came to bring Sarah a baby, to give her the news, and he's the Shaliyah of Hashem to bring her the baby. And one of them came to destroy Saddam. Why three? Why couldn't one do all three? It's not so hard. Let him tell him the news, let him do refuah. Because the rule is that angels could only do one thing because their whole existence is their mission. The whole definition of an angel is his mission. They're defined by their mission. They have nothing else. Their mission defines who they are. So each mission gets one angel. Why Hashem sent three angels to Abraham? Each one had a different mission. Nice. But there's one big question that needs an answer. And that is that being Abraham's guest is also a mission. Had nothing to do with bringing a child to Sarah. Nothing to do with healing Abraham. There's another mission. Hashem, let's say Hashem didn't need to heal Abraham and didn't need to give Sarah a baby and didn't need to destroy Saddam. He still had to send the Malach that he should be a recipient of the chesed of Abraham. That's the tool. Abraham needed that then. So why is the one coming to be the guest? Why is he not his own angel? Hashem, I would if I wrote the story, I would have said, okay, they're going to send an angel to visit Abraham. Then they're going to send an angel to tell Abraham. Another angel to heal Another, uh, to, for Sarah. Why is, why are the three angels who are not supposed to do anything else but all of a sudden involved in being the recipients of Abraham's present? That's a question. I thought they can't do more than one thing. Why aren't they their own separate mission? What do they, what does being Abraham's recipient of kindness have to do with giving him a child? Sada a child. What does that have to do? That's one big question. Another big question is Hashem does miracles only when needed. This world doesn't run on miracles. This world runs very consistently. There's the rules of nature, and the rules never change. Nature itself is a miracle, but the way it runs is always consistently natural. Every day, every second, we depend on these rules. We rely on these rules. They happen all the time. When does Hashem do miracles? When there's a very big need for something. When they were by the Yamsuf, they had nowhere to go. So, you split the sea. There was a need for that. Here, there seems to be no need for a miracle to send angels. Angels don't eat. Angels aren't guests. Hashem made a miracle to send angels. For what? Don't you remember why there were no people walking around that day? Why were there no people that day? Because Hashem turned up the temperature. made it very hot. He made it impossible. So if you want guests to come, it's very simple. Lower the temperature, bring one thunderstorm, 10 minutes, cool you down, people come around again. Natural, it happened every day. Why did Hashem send these angels to be the recipients of chesed? These are the questions that we need to answer. 
The pasuk says in Tehillim. You must take this pasuk and you're going to have to. Like I told you before, you're not going to have a choice. You need to take this pasuk and put it in your pocket. In your pocketbook. Kol or hot Adonai Chesed Ve'emet. Which means that all the roads of Hashem are kindness and truth. We're going to focus on kindness right now. What does that mean, all the roads of Hashem are Hesed? What does that mean? Hashem has a road, you know that? Hashem has a way He deals with things, like I mentioned before. Hashem has a consistency to Him. He's so consistent, Hashem, that He almost looks robotic. It almost looks like nobody's doing anything. They call it nature, because it happens every time. If you saw a person who did everything every day the same exact way, you tell you guys a robot. It's not thinking. How can every day the exact, he wakes up the exact second, he moves the exact way, he leaves his house the exact moment. Can't be. Hashem is exact. Exact, exact. Hashem has a derech. The way he deals, there are rules in the physical world. Rules of nature. You jump, you're going to fall down. It's a rule of nature called gravity. You put an egg in a pot with water, it's going to boil. Rule. It's going to happen every time. Did it ever happen that an egg says, you know, I'm not in the mood today. I'm not going to do it today. No. doesn't happen. Rules of nature. Shem runs the nature. It happens every single time. Not only in the physical world, there are rules of nature. Learn the periodic table. All the different elements and different gases. Each one has rules. How they mix, how they don't mix, how they work. There's also rules in the spiritual world. Hashem runs the world spiritually also through rules. One of the rules, it says here, Kol or hot Hashem, all the ways, kol, kol means every, everyone. Every road of Hashem is Hesed. What does that mean? So let's go to Abraham Avinu. The questions that we asked. Let's play the story a little different than it actually happened. Let's try to have an imagination together. Imagine Abraham Avinu. On that day, he was struggling. You better believe he was struggling. As great as he was, he was a human. He was struggling. So I go help them. Three guys, three guys from far away. You know what they need, these people? They need food, they need drink, they need place to sleep. I got it. It's hard work. It's hot. I'm not feeling good. I'm old. I do this every day. I do need a break once in a while. Oh, he was struggling. Believe me, he was struggling. Same time, people need you. We struggle a lot in life. Where we know we should do something, but we're lazy, we're comfortable. How many times in life have you had a chance to help somebody? You're just not, not, not in the mood. I'm already, I'm home already. It's too cold. I'm tired. It's late. Too early. They're all good excuses, no lies. We struggle, we have struggles. When, when we're asked to do something, usually it comes with a price either our rest time, or we're involved in something, or whatever it is. 
Rarely are you asked to help and everything is exactly perfectly set for you to go help. So we struggle, just like Abraham struggled. Now let's play the scene. And Abraham says, you know something? You know something? I know they, I know they need me. Today, take a day off. I'm not gonna. And he left them walk. They didn't knock on his door, by the way. He ran after them. They were walking. He left them walk. Imagine Abraham, Abinu, at the age of 175 or 180, goes to Shemayim and says, you know, I have a few questions. He says, remember you promised me a child? You promised me I'm going to have a child. You never gave me a child. Don't you keep your promise? You promised, I'm going to give you a child. No child. I have another question. Remember I was sick? I was 100, I got sick. I did a mitzvah, I got sick. You told me to do a mitzvah, I got sick. And I prayed for the Fashlava. And I prayed for the Fashlava. I was sick for 80 years. How come you never healed me? I don't understand. What like what was meant? Did I do something wrong? Was I not praying right? What happened? And Hashem would say to him, Abraham, I know what you're talking about. Of course. I sent you a child. Of course I healed you. I did. I missed the child. Where, where was I? You you healed me? So what was I feeling for the last 80 years? What, what, what are you saying? And in Shemayim, they have this big screen videotape. The biggest one you ever saw. Real clear picture. Not only they show you the picture, they show you what the person's thinking also. It's everything. It's all there. And they go, let's go to the videotape. And all of a sudden, they go, oh, Abraham, do you remember that day? Remember that hot day? Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, that day. I remember that day. Of course I remember that day. He said, there you are sitting. You see yourself? Oh, yeah, it looks pretty nice. There he is sitting there. And all of a sudden, these three men, these strangers that really need help, walk right by. Now, in the video, they see each one has a little hat on them. One guy says, baby. One guy says, Rifla. Abraham, remember those guys that, you see, you saw the baby right there. That's your baby. There's, but I never got them. Oh, oh remember you decided you're not going to help them? Oh, Abraham, sorry. I sent you the baby. I sent you the flower. But you didn't help those people. Call or hot Hashem, Hassan. Hashem will send me and you many, many things in life. But you need to open the gift. And to open the gift, you gotta pay Hassan. If you don't open the gift, the gift goes right by. And you never realize it. Call or hot Hashem, Hasan. No matter what Hashem is going to give you, Hasan. 
small gifts, small hasad. We do hasad all day long. Say hello to somebody as a hasad. You smile to somebody as a hasad. We do hasad all the time. Small gifts, small hasad. Oh, you want a big gift? Having a baby at that age, you're asking for a big one. That's a big one. You needed a big hazard for that. Having reflection and at that age, you needed a big hazard for that. I sent it to you, but you never picked it up. A little scary. How many gifts have we missed? Because we decided that we're going to stay home tonight. But someone needs you. Uh, I know, but I'm just tired. You're tired? You have no idea what you're missing. You have no idea. Now, I hope, I hope, and I'm praying, and I think it's so, so don't get so nervous. But maybe they'll give you another opportunity. Maybe if around it around that time, maybe they'll give them a year later, a month, I don't know. But you have to know. Kol or Chot Hashem says that we don't know it. Gifts are things that Hashem wants to give us. The opening is called Hasid. We see this not only by Abraham. Look at the story of Yosef. Yosef is sitting in jail for 10 years. The man is suffering. He has no family. Even if he got out of jail, he has no hope. Nobody's fighting for him. Nobody cares about him. But he's in jail. What's he going to do? He has no choice. And all of a sudden, these two big guys, Hashub people, who served Parao, end up in jail with him. They've been there for 24 hours. If I was Yosef, I would say, oh, finally someone come to check on me. Someone finally asked me, like, you know how when you feel down for like a day or two or a week, like someone sees you, like, okay, you're gonna ask me, right? Like how I'm feeling? I, I thought I would have said. And all of a sudden, it says in the Pasuk that in the morning he sees Vayar Otam, he sees them, Vehinam Zoafim, he sees their face looks like they're not so happy. I mean, obviously they're in jail. But I guess even less happy than they were there before. Something was bothering them. Now again, if I was just I'd say, listen, who, who is more bothered, you guys or me? Who should say, what's going on? What's wrong? And guess what? Yosef is struggling. He's struggling. Should I open the, should I ask them? What's wrong? You know, when you ask someone who doesn't look so happy, what's wrong? That's like an invite for a huge problem. You understand? You see a happy person, say, how you doing? Great. Baruch Hashem, see you later. You see a person that looks down and you say, what's wrong? Get ready. You might just inherit a new baby in the family. You have no, you have no idea what's coming. You don't know what's happening. So this is a problem. Yosef now struggling. Listen, I'm the guy who needs help here. Much more than them. They're the big guys here. They should be asking me, who am I anyway? Struggling. Do I ask them what's wrong with them? Should I try to help them? The Pasuk says, Vayar otam veinam zo'afim. He saw, what was his reaction? Madua penechem ra'im these guys, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Something wrong that I can help you with? It's a little incident the Torah shares with us. It seems like a very small detail. 
But in the big picture, this detail is huge. Because think about yourself. Think about yourself after 120. Goes to Shemaim. And says, Hashem, I have a question. Remember I had those dreams when I was young? I, I, dream, I dream big. I was dreaming of being not just a regular guy. I was going to be a melech. I wanted to help not just one person, not just two people. I wanted to help humanity. I wanted to be big. I had these dreams. I really wanted so badly. Why didn't you give me the tools? Why didn't you give me the opportunity? I'm sitting in jail for 90 years. Why? And Hashem would say to yourself, I know what you're talking about. What? He says, what do you mean? I made you a melech. You made me a melech? When? When did I miss that one? Guess what? Let's go to the videotape. They turn it on. Big. All of a sudden, they see Yosef in jail. Yosef, remember that day in jail? Those two guys? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Remember you were like thinking, yeah, no. Should I talk to them? Not talk to them. Remember you decide, you know what? Forget it. Why should I talk to them? Don't talk to me. I'm not talking to them. Let me see what they do first. How many times do we do that? Hey, well, let them say hello first. I'm going to say hello first. You should say hello first. That's what you do. Okay. I said, I'm sorry. That was your ticket. See that guy? Salam Ashkin. See on top? It says, Malchut. Malchut Yosef was right on his head. Because the whole story of Yosef only happened because Yosef was needed by Paron to interpret a dream. And the only reason why Paron knew about him is because Sarah Mashkim knew him. And the only reason why Sarah Mashkim knew him is because he asked him what's wrong. If Yosef doesn't ask what's wrong, there's no interpretation of dream, there's no Paron coming to Yosef, there's no Yosef. Kol orhot Hashem hasen. This class is not meant to depress anybody. It's meant to give hizuk. It means, it means to give us strength. And when we have an opportunity of chesed, we have no idea how much we're doing for ourselves. Kaparat Abanot, long life. We're becoming richer. We're becoming wiser. We're becoming people that have berachad belidai. And who knows which gift we just opened you know, we wish that Hashem would show us the gift before. Right? Of course. But then there would be no free choice. And who wouldn't do hesed? Who wouldn't help the person if they saw what they were getting? So for free choice, Hashem hides the gift. He hides what it's representing. But know that it's there. says that, Kol orhot Hashem. Hesed ve'emet. All the ways of Hashem are through hasid. He's going to give you a test. He's going to put someone that looks like they need you. In reality, you need them. You just don't know it yet. And we need to step up. Now, of course, in life, sometimes you can't do certain things. If you can't, you can't. Sometimes you just can't. It's a reality. 
we got to be smart too. But very often we can. We just choose not to. For whatever reason. And we have to realize something. That by choosing not to, we may just be choosing to ignore the most beautiful gift that we're asking for. We might be praying every day for somebody. And the gift arrived. But we never opened it. This pasuk stays with me every day. It really does. I can never forget this pasuk. Because when it's 11 o'clock at night, and you're tired, and you get home, and all of a sudden someone calls you, the first thing you want to do is ignore. And you certainly don't want them to talk to you. And certainly not to come over. And of course, like every person, I would want to hang out. But then this pasuk comes up, I can't ignore it. And I said, oh my gosh, who knows what Who knows what this guy has on top of his head? I have no idea. Now, that's not Lashem Shemai, maybe. Maybe from pure reasons I should just want to help. But sometimes it's hard to be Lashem Shemai. But it's never hard to love yourself. And Avat Hesed means you understand that what you're doing for someone else is all about you. You can do it because Hashem told you to do it. That's great. But you don't know how much you're getting. You have no idea. If you knew you would be running non-stop to be there for somebody, for the smallest things and the biggest things, for the easiest ones and the most difficult ones. Ahabat Hesed is when we start realizing how much we are gaining from the Hesed that we do for others. There is more to discuss on the subject. That was part one. We'll continue next week. Baruch Amen. 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 Amen.